BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I just want to say happy July. It is officially July, July 2nd. But that doesn't mean that the summer is over. Take advantage of every minute because it goes by so fucking fast. And we all know that. I am so excited for today's episode with Vivian. She is a boss and she just tells us all the things that we need to know about money, about money and sex, money when you live together, money when you're married, all the money things because she's our rich BFF and she wants to make us rich, you know, so got to love it. Gotta love it. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about a few things that are coming up now that it is finally July. The live shows are this month at the end of the month. And I'm so excited to meet you guys face to face. It's going to be a blast. I have been working so hard on getting people that are interesting to you in the different cities, but also just putting on a show that you really like. We're going to be starting off old school style. If you used to come to our shows back in the day with a fun little dating panel, and then we're going to do some live dating app profile consultations, which are always fun. We critique your hinge and it's kind of like a group effort. We all do it together and don't worry. Nobody gets made fun of. We just laugh together. And then we're going to do a really fun Q and a, because there's a lot of A's that I want to be sharing with you more to come there. We also have an amazing camp experience next month. If you loved camp growing up, if you want to have that adult experience of going to camp, but making all the rules yourself, you really got to sign up for We Met at Camp. You can get all the information for both of these things on wemetatacme.com. And you really don't want to miss out because all of these in-person events are going to be a blast. I really encourage you, even if you don't go to We Met at Acme in-person events, just go to in-person events, period. Every time I do it, I'm like, I need to do this more. I need to get the hell off my phone, get off TikTok and live in the real world because there's nothing better than experiencing things like touching other people, feeling the world around you. I just feel like we're so like insular with our phones. It's it's out of control and, and we all need to be better. Before we get into the episode with Vivian, I wanted to tell you that finally the day has come. You guys know I always talk about how I have perfect feet. It's like the one thing that I'm not ashamed to be like, yeah, these are perfect. Like I don't, I'm not one of those girls who is like, oh my God, I'm gorgeous. But let me tell you, my feet are absolutely stunning. And I always talk about starting an OnlyFans for my feet, but I haven't had the courage to do it yet. I just feel like it's weird Like, I don't know if I ever wanted to be president, which I don't want to be, but like people would know people can recognize my feet. Anyway, somebody slid into my DMS and they offered me $800 for two pictures of my feet. I was ecstatic. I was so excited guys, like beyond. And I said to Steven, I'm like, can I do this? And they were like, and they, (laughs) Steven's a they now. And he was like, yes, do it. Like we need, you know, we could always use the money. We're, we're in Italy right now spending all of our money. Please do it. And I was like, great, done. And so I was all ready. I'd even told him what color nails are my toes. And I was like, so just, you know, Venmo me up front and I'll send you the photos. Like I had no issue. I was going to send them to him over DM. No problem. Didn't have to get his number. He didn't have to get mine. Didn't have to get my email. Nothing sketch. Just, you know, send the, the, the feet pics after the money exchange, whatever. 
He never sent the money. And then he like comes up with this excuse me like, sorry, my Venmo, you know, it's like right out of a textbook scam. He's like, my Venmo's not working. Can I Zelle you? Like, or do you have cash app? I'm like, no, I don't have fucking Zelle and I don't have cash app because I truly believe those apps are a scam. And if you have them right now, like delete them because that's how scammers get to you by those apps. But I was like, no, it's Venmo or nothing, bro. Like, I'm not even letting you PayPal me. Like, then you have to find out my email. It's Venmo or nothing. And so we go back and forth, back and forth. And at this point, I'm putting the conversation on my Finsta. All my friends are involved. They're like, you know, did he send the money yet? What's going on? Like, are you sending the feed pics? Like, everyone's trying to get this thing going. And everyone's rooting for me. And he he just never sends the Venmo. He then reverts back to me gets back to me like a week later. He's like, can I send you an Amex gift card? I'm like, no, like, I don't trust you. Then you're going to try to get my address to send me the gift card or my email. I don't want you knowing any of this information. I don't even care if it's public and online. I still don't want this guy knowing it. He's like messaging me from a unknown, like DM, like fake account, whatever. And at this point, I'm like, if there's no money, there's no fee picks, you know? And so I'm like, I'm not taking your gift card. And to be honest, like you're very unreliable. Like I don't trust you anymore. So forget it. And it was just a bummer because like $800 was dangling in front of me and I couldn't accept it because this guy was just too sketchy. And it's just a bummer because I've always wanted to sell my feet pics. They still are for sale. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I will offer her 800 and I will not choke, you know, I will actually send it to her then do that. But like, don't mess with me because these, these feet are, are not cheap and they're not a joke. You know, if you really want a foot pick, then you got to pay up. So that's all I really had to say. Nothing serious over here. And I'm very excited for you to hear the episode with Vivian and can't wait to hear your thoughts. If you've been following me on Instagram or if you've ever had a dating consultation with me, you know that the number one app that I always recommend, if you're going to be on any app, don't oversaturate yourself, be on one app. And that app is Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted because Hinge is the intentional dating app that actually works. Why? Because it's different. You can easily build a unique profile using their feature called Hinge Prompts. And these prompts let you showcase your personality, show your humor. I always say less is more when it comes to the dating prompts. Like you don't want to go overboard. You don't want to be too literal. Like I'm looking for a husband and a family. No, you use this as an opportunity to be funny. Like if it says, about me. I go crazy for blank. You could be like, I go crazy for an Uber that's less than $50, like something just real and not too deep. And like, you know, you want your profile to be a breath of fresh air or like we're the same type of weird. If you cannot eat a sandwich without chips, Maybe that's not weird. Maybe that's normal, but you get the gist. I love Hinge. I have personally met an ex on Hinge and we had a lovely relationship and tons of my friends are now married to people they met on Hinge. So if you're looking for a meaningful relationship, download Hinge today, meet someone great and then delete Hinge when it feels just right. On last week's episode, I talked about how I barely ever shave my legs But that is all changing now that I'm obsessed with my razor. If you haven't heard of Athena Club, you need to get on their razors because every time I look in my shower, I feel like I'm in a luxury five-star hotel based on how absolutely gorgeous my mint green razor is and the cloud foam, the shaving foam that goes along with it. I have been loving shaving and now my legs are super soft because as sharp as the Athena Club razor is, I never actually get like nipped. I never get cuts, nothing. And it really shaves like down to to just softness. It's so incredible. Like my old razor used to be gross. Like it would after one shave, like this hair would get stuck in it. It was nasty. 
And it just left my legs dry and dull so quickly. But Athena Club is a different experience for me. And again, zero razor bumps since using it, even when it's the first use, because you know how sometimes like the first use can be risky, not with Athena Club. Plus, the razor blade is surrounded by a water activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is basically a holy grail for skincare. So you don't have to be concerned at all when you're using it. Switch to the better razor and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Get started today by shopping in store at Target stores nationwide and just head to the shaving aisle to find the razor kit, cloud shave foam, wax strips and razor refills. You're going to love it. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Vivian Tu, the founder and CEO of Your Rich BFF. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. I feel like we've been spending every day together and it's so we wonderful. Have. It's the best. <laughs> it's amazing. For context, we met yesterday, but it was a beautiful, <laughs> the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Immediate vibe. Immediate. Viv, how, oh, actually, sorry. My new question, favorite romantic gesture. Ooh, I like it when this makes no sense, but after a date, they take you home and they don't come inside, but like they come with mm. you in the Uber to drop you off mm. and then they take the Uber home. Does that count if they're walking you home? Too? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's fine. As yeah. long as you don't go home alone, they make sure you get like confirmed into your door safe. I love that. I love that. Is that something that your fiance did when you were first dating? Yes. And it was insane because we would go to dinners downtown. I lived in Hell's Kitchen at the time. Not a very cool area if you're like a young 20 something because I'm like literally living next to Times Square. And then he was living in Nolita and all the fun, cool restaurants are like down there. So we would go to dinner down there and then he would take the Uber with me all the way up to like 40 8th Street and then drop me off and then take the Uber all the way back down. See, that's really cute. And yeah. my husband did that stuff when we were first dating. <laughs> and actually to the point where like he had done it, like I think on the third time that he did it, I was like, I felt bad. So I was like, yeah. do you want to come up? And like, you know, I didn't want, I wasn't ready to have sex, but I was yeah. like, do you want to come up and, you know, have some tea or yeah, do a puzzle? Exactly. And he was like, no. And I was like, wait, what? what? But that, that increased the intrigue. Exactly. But then didn't you wonder, because I wondered this, I was like, does he do this with every girl or am I special? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. how am I special? And I still want to know to this day if I, I was special. I always want to know if I'm special. Yeah. Well, obviously we're special because we have, <laughs> you know, a ring, but it's like, did he, was he just like a polite guy? Which yeah. like, it would make me happy if he was polite yes. to everyone, you know? I like to think that even when I'm not there, even before we started dating, like, my significant other was kind to people who could not do anything in return for him. Mm. Just because like I want that person in my life, that type of person. Yes, always. That's such a good quality. Yeah. Backing up a little bit for anyone who doesn't know you, how old are you and where are you from? I am now 29. Oh my gosh. I grew up in the suburbs of Baltimore, D.C. in Maryland, went to school out in Chicago and then moved to New York to start my finance life. I love it. Are you where you thought that you would be right before you turn 30? Hell no. Hell no. What did you think? I thought I was going to be this big Wall Street hotshot, like, you know, climbing the ranks, doing, you know, the normal track. And that's kind of like what I thought in school, right? You know, I go to U Chicago. It's very well known for an economics university. Right. And a huge population of the graduating students goes to Wall Street. So when I got there, I was like, all right, I'm doing everything by the book. I'm playing it right. And, you know, I never would have guessed that I would have left Wall Street for the media and tech space, then to just leave the media and tech space to work for myself. And now I make internet videos for a living. Yeah, <laughs> but it's amazing. Yeah. And your videos are insanely impressive and they always catch my attention. I want to hear a little bit about your relationship. So I, I already buried the lead or whatever yeah. they say and said that you have a fiance. So mm -hmm. we know your relationship status. How did you guys meet? What's your story? Oh, you're going to have a field day with this one, honestly. So I was a young person in New York going on lots of regular dates. I was on the apps, whatever. But one night, my girlfriend, who was my roommate at the time, she was like, hey, like, I'm going out with my team, like just the young, young people to LPR, Le Poisson Rouge. For anybody who's listening who doesn't live in New York or who doesn't know, like, this is the equivalent of like 
a disgusting frat basement. Wait, isn't that the place like next to the Pilates place on like Thompson Street? Like it's like in that it's, area. It, they do the 80s nights on Friday. Yes. No, wait, 80, 90s nights on Friday yeah. and 80s nights on Saturdays. But they're like, does, didn't it close? It, I think it is closed now. But there, that was like the block with like the Miss Lilies that also closed. Yes. Okay, okay. And it was like next to La Souk, the hookah uh-huh, bar. And like uh-huh. all, yeah, it yeah. was like quite a scene. And so we go to this, I go to this bar and, you know, I think my fiance is going to be really embarrassed about this, but we were both very, very drunk. And my roommate like had her arm around him and was like, you should meet my, you know, my roommate. She's so cute, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we start talking. He buys me a tequila shot. We have a quick dance floor makeout. A DFMO. A DFMO. And then we don't speak for six months. Like, I didn't get this man's number. He didn't ask me for mine. We did not trade contacts. Like, this man, I was, this man was never to be seen again. He was just your DFMO of the Correct. Night. Of the mm-hmm. evening. And six months later, I ended Wait, up, and how old were you guys at the time? I think I was either like 24, 23, okay. 24. And he, okay. he's like a, a year and a couple months older than okay, me. Okay, so okay. like, you know, mid 20s, okay, young, okay. but like not yeah, so yeah, yeah. young. And six months later, I go to another bar. It was Good Friday. So I think we had like, it was like a long weekend. And I went with a girlfriend to Sidebar. It's this yucky sports yeah, bar. Yeah. Also closed now. Right. And- he happened to be there and he tells me the story. He's like, I saw you walk in. I, I told my friend, hold my beer and beelined it over. Aww. And we, you know, remet and it was kind of like, you know, that's just how it began. Like yeah. we were both drunk, less drunk this time. Right. You know, it was a good story. And we ended up going back to his apartment with a bunch of people like, they had this cool little apartment in Olita. They were grilling burgers on the roof. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I like this guy. Uh-huh. And then I slept over because, you know, I'm a hoe. Well, you're 24. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it is what it is. Yeah. And then, and then from there, was it literally like the rest was history? You spent like. So I, I was like such a weirdo. And I was like, you know, hey, I've had a great time. It's 3 a.m. I'm like. I got to get back to my own bed. Like, I want to sleep in my own bed. And oh, I, yeah. That's that's the move, by the, the way. Yeah. That will hook him. Yeah. <laughs> Keep him guessing. Uh-huh. And he, I think he was, like, a little surprised or, like, upset even that I was, like, I want to go home. And he was, like, okay, well, like, can we go on a real date tomorrow? And I was, like, yes, I like you. I want to go on a real date. So the next day, we end, we end up going on a date to Westville. We have lunch. And that place did not close. By the that way, did, that place is listening. very much still open, thriving, multiple shops. <laughs> and I felt bad because I have no sense of time. So I was, I want to say 15, but probably closer to 30 minutes late. Okay. And <laughs> as, as I am to things, but it was an amazing date. Yeah. And we ended up hanging out that whole afternoon. Yeah. And I had dinner plans with a girlfriend that night. And I got a text from her saying she was like sick or whatever. She like bailed on me. I can't remember what it was, but she bailed on me. And I asked him, I was like, do you have any dinner plans? And he was like, no, of course not. I definitely don't have dinner plans. Do you want yeah, a dinner? Yeah. So we have those two back-to-back meals together. So you're having marathon dates at this We're, point. Yes. They're like very long. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I sleep over. I go home the next morning. And then I'm like, hmm, my roommate's not here. Who's going to have brunch with me? And I'm like, Ugh, I like text a couple friends. They're busy. I'm like, whatever. Like, let me just text this dude, see if he's eaten. And I'm like, hey, I know we just got off, you know, this lunch, dinner, date situation. But like, have you had brunch? Have you eaten? And he's like, no. And I was like, come up by me. And he had paid for our first two dates. So I took him out to brunch. And then the rest really was history. We've been oh together. God, that's so cute. And yeah. like, it's so funny because people listening are like, you need to tell her that she broke all of your rules. Really? And you know what you did? But I think that the reason that it worked out is because you were just doing it from a place of confidence, like pure confidence. And you weren't canceling on friends to continue to see him longer. No. Like things happened. Yeah. And they happened naturally. Yeah. And it was like cool because we did have friends in common. So we mm-hmm. had like, it, it was just like the conversation flowed so naturally because I knew what he did for a living. Like he literally sat probably 10 feet away from my roommate for 14 hours every single day. And 
I knew who, you know, what he liked to do on the weekends right. and like their team traditions. And like he knew a couple people that I was working with. So it was just really like. Right. Natural. And it just sounds like you didn't have any expectations. Like you were just like, no, I literally, this is fun. I and I want to keep the one. fun going. Right. Yeah. And if the fun stops, it stops. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like you went into it and you were like, this is my husband. And like, I'm going to sleep with him so that he marries I me. I trap him. No. They, yeah. Because I've done that. It doesn't work. Right. No, never. When you go in with that mindset, it's it always backfires. Completely. I need to know because we're into astrology over here. When is your birthday and when is his? So I'm March 20th and I always, I was always reading the charts. You're Aries. I was, I was a Pisces, but yes, CoStar told me I was an Aries. Yeah. And finally, I because I used to be like, astrology is complete BS. It doesn't make any sense until I started reading the Aries yep. sections. And I was like, wait, this actually makes complete sense. So much. I could have guessed that you were an Aries from the second that I met you yesterday. <laughs> and what is he? He's a Libra. So <gasps> that's yeah, me. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's Wait, why we're a match made in I heaven. love that so much. I literally like, it's so crazy. And people listening, like you need to back me up here. This just shows that astrology is, is so fucking real because every Aries woman, Libra man couple, I know the Aries woman has like led the charge in the beginning. <laughs> Always, because there's something about an Aries woman that a Libra, like taking charge that a Libra man just like gets mushy for. They're like obsessed <laughs> with it. And like Libra men need a really strong woman like an Aries. So it really just makes so much sense. You know, what's so funny, though, I would say that like in terms of our relationship, like he has actually really been like when we first started dating, like he would always make the plans. Even now mm -hmm. when we go on vacation, he's the one who like contacts the hotel to books, the transport, like figures out which experiences we're doing, whatever. He does all of that. He's the one with the manila envelope with right. like our passports in it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I will say like, after I met his mom, she is very strong. Mm -hmm. Like just like, a like, I don't know what her star sign is, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was either like a Leo or like, yeah. you know, just like, like some, like a Wait, you don't know when's her birthday. Okay. I have it in my calendar. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, I hope yeah, you yeah. don't hear this. <laughs> no, I think, and like, I'm so happy you actually brought that up because it's so indicative. I feel like a, a man's mom, if he's close with her, like if he's not close with her, it's, you know, yeah. not the same. If he's close with her, it is so indicative of like who he chooses, chooses. as a partner. Yes. It's either the opposite person or someone with a very similar personality. And my mother-in-law's listening to this, like laughing, but I feel like her and I have a similar personality. Mm -hmm. Like we both like, like to be, you know, in charge, like, like to make the plans, like, you know, yeah, like yeah, to call yeah. the shots, whatever. And I, I really see that reflected a lot. I wonder, do you think it's the same with like our dads, let's say, and our male partners? I do. Mm -hmm. So my dad is, you know, Chinese immigrant obviously has like some scar tissue with that, but from like a fundamental person, they are the same. Yeah. Like I just remember like my family took a vacation to Alaska and the other family that we were going with, they took a helicopter tour over a glacier. And my dad said, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I was like, why not? And he's like, what if the helicopter breaks Yeah. and then we die? Yeah. I'm like, why would that be the first thing you thought of? my fiance terrified of flight like whether we're sitting in the middle seat back in row 32 he's white knuckling it whether we're laying flat on a transatlantic flight to europe he's white knuckling it like he never has a good time no matter what yeah and i asked him i was like what's wrong like you're in theory like you know we paid for this wonderful seat in points you can be relaxing lay down like why are you sitting straight up yeah and he's like we just got to find a clear patch of air. I'm like, this isn't like a road with potholes. In it. Right. Like, right. We're going to be fine. Uh -huh. And I just think they were both like very risk averse people. Whereas like, I would say I'm more risk loving uh -huh. and we balance each other out nicely Yeah, where he like can bring me back down to earth. Whereas like, I'm always the one with the big ideas. I love that. And you said that you've been together for six years. Yeah. A little over six now. So did you talk timeline? How early in did you like, when did you hit your milestones of like, I love you, of we're moving in together, of someone proposing? <laughs> so, okay. I do not recommend this for anyone listening. However, we had been dating for 30 days and me and my girl roommate had had a great first year living together. So we were like, let's move into a second apartment together. We live well together. 
we found an amazing apartment. No, you guys, I'm not a stalker, but it did happen to be on the same block as my fiance's apartment at the time. No. <laughs> it's like across the street. That's really funny. But we moved in. It was great until we realized that it was an absolute roach infested hellhole. Like it, they were like, like we just couldn't get rid of them. Like There's the exterminator, there was nothing you could do. Ugh. And I am very afraid of bugs. So I was basically in tears. I was like, I don't even know what to do. Like at the time, like I was working on Wall Street, but it was my first, you know, going into second year. Like I wasn't making that much money and I didn't have that much money set aside for savings. And it was going to be $8,000 to break our lease. And I remember feeling like that was like an insurmountable amount of money. Right. And my, you know, my roommate was like, okay, like we have to just find a new apartment. Like, I don't know what to do. And so she was dating someone at the time and I was dating my fiance and we moved in with our significant others. And my fiance was living in a one bedroom flexed into a two bedroom with his roommate. It was like a very small space, but I moved in with him right away. My, you know, my roommate moved in with her boyfriend. And after the 30 day period where we were able to break our lease, we found a new place, but you know, my fiance and I have been together ever since, but she ended up breaking up with her boyfriend literally the day she moved out. Because it's a real test. Like, yeah. And that's we, like, do you actually like this person? Right. And we spoke about this on your podcast. Yeah. I'm curious, just because I'm nosy, did you end up having to pay to lease break? Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, like, that's brutal. There was, there was nothing. We could and do. then how were there no cockroaches in his apartment when it was on the same block? We didn't know this at the time when we rented it, but some of the units in our, the building that we were renting in were unfortunately not being renovated. They were rent stabilized and I'm not in the business of getting anyone in trouble, whatever, but like they were, there was like wet newspaper lining their floors because they were concrete floor. Ugh. Like there were people who were paying very literally probably like 200, $300 a month in rent in our building. And then there were other units that had been renovated that like yeah. yuppies like myself were renting and they were, they shared piping. Oy. So when other people have wet newspaper and make it a really like comfortable climate for cockroaches, like there's gonna be cockroaches everywhere. But like right. if you have that environment and it like just makes it easier Ugh. for them to like multiply, Ugh. it's tough. Yeah, Ugh. I know. It's just a known fact that we get hornier in the summer. Like we have less clothing on. There are more in-person circumstances to run into someone because we're just out and about more because the weather is nice. And, you know, we're all feeling it. We're feeling a little frisky. And sometimes, especially when you're dating and you're taking my advice and following my rules, like you don't get you don't get into, you know, the sex stuff right away. But you're feeling all this like pent up like horniness. And so you need to do something about it. Well, Dipsy is here to help. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories that are designed by women for women. They bring these scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters like that guy in your Barry's class who you've always had a crush on. Or maybe it's like the chef at the restaurant you always go to. You ask to see the chef because you want to compliment him. And all of a sudden you're up on the chef's counter hooking up. Whatever it is that you're into, Dipsy has new stories released every single week. So you can always find something new to explore. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. You know that you want to dip into Dipsy and listen to some really hot stories, have that vacation fling in your mind. You can also read stories and they have sleep stories too. So dipsystories.com slash Acme. Element is a lifesaver. We brought it with us in Italy and it has helped so much with jet lag. It's crazy. You definitely don't realize how bad your headache is until you get the things that you need for it to go away. And I'm very much like a skills, not pills person, which I've talked about before. There's nothing better than drinking something that's actually good for you rather than taking like a bajillion Advil or Tylenol to fix a headache. 
If you don't know about Element, it's a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything that you need and nothing that you don't, which means a lot of salt, the good kind, and no sugar. It is so important to replenish your electrolytes. Some people don't realize it, but if you keep an active lifestyle, if you go out sometimes and have a few glasses of wine, or if you work out really hard after a class, you need to replenish those electrolytes. Like, that doesn't happen on its own. So for Steven and I, we brought our little element packets to Italy and we've been drinking it with our buffet breakfast every morning and just feeling like rock stars after. And I highly recommend you do the same because right now Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Acme. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to D-R-I-N-K lmnt.com slash Acme. Element offers no questions asked refunds because they're that sure that they're amazing. So try it totally risk-free. And if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Okay. Let's talk money Mm -hmm. because you're- I love talking Because you're my rich BFF. In your ideal situation- do you want a partner who makes more than you? Like, do you want your fiance to make more than you? In an ideal situation? Yeah, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Because I make a really great living. And if someone can make even more than that, that just means we have more money as a couple. Right. Yeah. But you don't think, and this, I we were talking before and I was like, I just added a more risque <laughs> question. This is the question. Do you think that money can affect your sex life? 100%. How so? I think that you have to be with someone who's very confident in their own self-worth that isn't tied to the amount of money that they make. Because if not, it's very easy as a man to feel emasculated. If you don't have something going on for yourself, if you don't have your own shit going, and your significant other, you know, in a heteronormative relationship, like is making a ton of money, it can make you feel lesser than. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, if you are a, you know, in this case, a stay-at-home mom and your significant other brings home the bacon, you can feel really resentful that they don't appreciate a lot of the labor that you're doing, which is unpaid, but literally is what keeps your family going. In which case, both of those situations where there's any sort of resentment it's going to impact your sex life. Right. How do you fix that? Like if that's already starting to happen, let's say. I think it's about having a really candid conversation. You know, like I am very fortunate that my fiance is incredibly confident. And I think a big part of that has to do with the fact that in any other reality, if I had any other job aside from working for myself, being a creator with a, you know, multi seven figure following, like he would make more money than me. He, you know, has a really great, wonderful private equity job, makes more than enough to support the two of us if I didn't work. Mm -hmm. So he knows that he's like, well, I make more than all of my friends, all of my friends' significant others. Like, this is just an anomaly. And he's so stoked that I am the anomaly because that means more money for us, more money for our future family. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a situation where that isn't necessarily the case and they're not confident about that, it's about having that open dialogue and communication and saying like, hey, does it bother you that I make more than you? And if so, like, what are things that we can do to combat those feelings? Because your worth to me as like a partner or as a man is not necessarily dependent on how much money you make. Like, I respect you because you do X, Y, Z, or you make me feel X, Y, Z about myself, or you provide X, Y, Z for our family, like show them that their value isn't necessarily just tied to a number. Right. Do you think the idea of like an alpha man is kind of like dying out a little bit and it's more appreciated to have a man who's like helps take care of the house and is more like, you know, good with the kids and is willing to like watch your dumb reality TV show with you, you know? I think that old definition of an alpha man is disgusting because it not only negatively impacts women, but it also negatively impacts men. Yeah, I think there will always be alpha men, but the way that word is defined, I think is 
a lot healthier now because like an alpha man is someone who is confident enough to watch that reality TV show and do little under eye masks with you. It is someone who's like, I'm going to be a great present dad who's yeah. going to watch my own damn kids, who's not going to put everything on my wife. I am someone who's going to clean up around the house because I see how hard she works and we are partners. And that is what an alpha, a true alpha man is. It's not someone who tries to like shirk all responsibility of being a parent or like has this gross, toxic hustle culture mentality. Cause that's not, that's like faking. You're just peacocking. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, you said it so well. And also I just feel like there are still people out there and some women can be guilty of this too, like perpetuating the idea of like, like I, some woman wrote to me recently in the DMs, like she was like, you know, my husband is so disgusted by my period. Like when I get my period, he won't even touch me. He like won't go near me. He thinks tampons are gross. And like she was like, but he's a man like, you know, so I get it. And I was like, wait, what? what? Like a real man. I'm not going to say like goes down on you and your, yeah. your period because like that might be a little nasty. But like is like sex on your period is fine. You know, like I just feel like a real like I, and again, maybe I'm even getting into hot water saying a real man. But like I think a man who's confident in yeah. in his sexuality and who he is is not afraid of periods and things like that. You know, the funniest thing to me is like, if this man is disgusted by his girlfriend, wife, whatever, period, I'm like, is there another woman that you could find that doesn't know, have doesn't a period? Have a period? Right, like, right. You know, for the most part, you know, women are all going to menstruate. It's not this rare phenomenon that only like a handful of us do. Like, that's normal human biology. And I would say that like, what I love so much about my fiance is like when I'm on my period and I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling my best. He's like, hey, can I like heat up an ice pack for you in like the microwave? And like, you know, do you want to cuddle or do you want to get like Thai food tonight? Because that's what I always want. And he he goes the extra mile because he knows I'm not feeling well. Right. And like, that's what you really want. 100%. Someone just be compassionate. And also like if they're afraid of your period, how are they going to feel when you're giving birth? Right. Like, are they not going to be in the room because it's right. gross? Yeah. That's that's not the person that you want to be with. No. Let's talk about the most, the hottest topic ever that mm -hmm. just never ceases to be a hot topic, which is splitting on dates. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you paid for your third date, was yeah. it? Which was a brunch. Yeah. How did that happen exactly? Were you, did you do it in a way that he couldn't object Yes, but only because he had paid for the first two dates and he was going to continue to keep paying for them if I didn't like truly like put my foot down. And this also has a lot to do with like the financial position we were in, right? We were in our early mid 20s. It's not like, you know, he was five years older than me and I knew he was making a ton of money more than me. He was a year older. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, I, I know lunch was like, probably X amount. Dinner was probably X amount. And it's New York dining. It's not particularly cheap no matter where you go. But I did not want him to be in a bad financial position from the jump because I wanted to keep going on dates with him. And so I was like, well, if there's going to be a fourth date, like he can't have paid for the first three and then have to pay for the fourth because then we're getting close to three, $400. And like, you know, I know what a three, $400 hit would look like to my budget. And I didn't want to put him in that position. Do you think you would have done the same thing had your dates been more gradual? Like, for example, had it been a more traditional dating path? Like he asked you out, mm -hmm. you went out, then like you waited four or five days, you went out again, then four or five days, you know, whatever. I can't say for sure, but I think you're probably onto something and that like I would probably would have been like less inclined. Like I probably still would have done your reach, mm -hmm. <laughs> the reach, mm -hmm. but I would have been like, oh, okay, whatever, like you can pick it up because, you know, it's been over a longer period of time. Right. Because... I I actually like can see why in this marathon of a weekend you would be like okay it's enough like I'm mm -hmm. I'm going to get this like little brunch and I think that like that's something that women should do and yeah. you know where I stand about like you know men should always pay for dinner dates yeah. but I think during the day stuff is fair game for sure yeah. I think that you know women shouldn't be afraid to pay for like the morning coffee and croissants for the Ubers, for like a DoorDash, you know, I, I, the only thing I'm a stickler about is it's when dinner. you ask me out to dinner or we're having a date night, 
I think the man should pay. But I think that maybe that's just because I'm so averse to splitting. We had talked about switching off is actually way better in my mind than splitting. Yes, because when you're switching off, it's clear that you're like a couple and you are just trying to manage finances. But like the tit for tat, 50-50, like, can I tell you, I had a roommate one time Venmo me for like like a 50% on light bulbs because she was like, oh, well, God. you enjoy the light as well. And I'm like, oh, oh God. my God. Those are the worst people to And exist. I was just like, this is insane. And so I am very much not a like, let's not nickel and dime someone who in theory we could love, in theory we could see a life with. Like be cognizant, be fair, but it doesn't have to be two credit cards. Like the yeah. two credit cards is also so icky. And when I sit next to a couple with two credit cards, Ooh. I'll like text my fiance at the table. He'll like, he can always tell too when I'm like texting him and he's like, pulls out his phone. Right, right. I'm like, ew, look at that. Like, I can't believe they're splitting. That's not right. very nice. That's no, not and very waitresses nice look down on it as well. Yeah, It's not cute. It's not. You just gave me roommate PTSD. I'll tell you a roommate story after, <laughs> after this. This is another thing that comes up a lot. How to deal with a huge income disparity. Mm-hmm. This was a guy who wrote in. He said, I make $100,000 more than my girlfriend. Like, how do they go about paying for things and, and, and rent and all the things? Yeah, I am a big believer not in equality, but rather in equity. So if you're making $100,000 more, Think about all of your costs proportionally to your partner. So say Lindsay and I are a wonderful couple and Lindsay makes $200,000 and I make $100,000 and I'm only using these numbers because they're very easy. This Mm -hmm. would be a very high earning, wonderful couple. And we get an apartment and it's $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Where is this apartment? Because it doesn't exist. It does not exist. (laughs) Equality would say we would each pay $1,500. But equity would say Lindsay should pay $2,000. Well, I pay $1,000 because then there are a similar proportion of our income, making sure that neither of us are put in a bad financial spot. And I like that because I think we all just have to like take a second step back and just like touch the grass really quick and like remind ourselves like the ultimate goal is just to be kind to your partner Mm. and to be thoughtful and to be compassionate to their financial situation, regardless of what it is. And that includes knowing that if you are with someone who makes less money, like they certainly cannot afford the same exact things as you can. Otherwise, their savings, their debt pay down, their investing, their own financial goals are gonna suffer. So I would just say target equity, not equality. Yeah, I always say, and this doesn't have to do with finance, but it could set your partner up to win. Yeah. So if you, you know, figure out a way to make them not feel uncomfortable paying rent, then you're setting them up to win. But I am curious if that changes, if you look for an apartment within the budget of the person who makes less, as opposed to, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still wouldn't go 50-50. I just don't think it's right if one person is making so much more money and has so much more discretionary income to do that. You know, I think things ebb and flow, right? For the first, I would say, three, four years of our relationship, my fiance made more money than me. And a couple years, it was significantly more, like twice as much. And he always was really thoughtful about how we split rent and groceries and he always paid for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, more recently, I would say the past two years of our relationship, I've made more, significantly more. And I have tried to be just as thoughtful and compassionate in that way. And like, you know, when we bought our home together, I put more money into our down payment than he did. But on the deed, we are 50-50 owners because my thought was the only reason I was able to save and invest more than he was is because he covered so many of those additional costs. And now that we are making the same, now that I'm making more, it's only fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another question that came up that I feel like is an important one is how to best navigate integrating finances when you move in together. And you said a, a phrase that I really liked when we were recording on yours. And it was something like, you know, it described what what we said that we do, which is we have our mm-hmm. own accounts, then we have a shared account. Like, what is the... Yours, mine, and ours? Yes. 
So I love the idea of having a joint account, like similarly to how you do it, that you pay for things like your mortgage, your rent, your groceries, utilities, like vacations together, whatever. But then it's still nice. And I always encourage women in particular, have your own money, have your own fuck you money. You have to have that money in case something goes bad. And like, I, God forbid you're in a domestic violence situation. Like financial abuse is so real. There are so many people that have DM me and they're like, I cannot leave my relationship because I don't have a dollar to my own name. Yeah, I don't have any sort of financial agency. And that keeps you powerless. Having money means you can leave a bad relationship. It means you can leave a bad job. It can basically just buy your way out of a tricky situation. And I always encourage people to have that. And I think having those personal expenses also means that you can spend money on the things that maybe your partner doesn't value, but you value. So yeah, because it's your fucking money. It's your bitch. fucking money. <laughs> so for my expenses, I pay for things like my eyelash extensions, like right. live love lashes. Like I would not stop getting these, like even if the apocalypse happened. <laughs> for his, he loves to go golfing, and like I'm yeah. like I could literally care less. Like right. go by yourself, like enjoy. And it's important for us to have our own hobbies, like be our own people. Like yeah. we're not just our relationship. We are our own people. Yeah. And in terms of that joint account, who is funneling in what and how do you decide? So I think we are very lucky in that because I have a business, we have a business manager who does all of our accounting, who does all of our bookkeeping. So they keep funneling money in based on the needs and expenses that need to go out every single month. Typically, you know, we try to be, again, thoughtful as a percentage of our income. His income and my income, I would say, is like a bit more chunky. So like he gets a salary every two weeks, but a big part of his income is his bonus every single year. And mm. that's going to be a larger, you know, deposit. With me, my business is based on, you know, money that platforms pay me, money that brands pay me, speaking opportunities, like upfronts for things like, you know, my book advance, you know, anything like that. So again, it's chunky. And by using a business manager who helps us with this, they're able to just manage that cash flow a little bit better. Yeah. But I would say for if you have a relationship with like two people are W2, it's again, healthy just to put in a percentage. So like you'll agree to that percentage based on what your costs are. How much do you have to pay a business manager or do they take a percentage of the, what they're managing? It really depends. D depending on how much work you're having them do, if it's like a very, very complicated, robust business, you'll pay around two and a half to three percent. But I pay a flat fee and it is a business expense for me, but it, it's not cheap. It's seventy five hundred bucks a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But you think it's worth it? Well, it's worth it for me because they also do all of my other finances. So like, like accounting, exactly. Like, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. pay out my taxes, they, they pay out our manager because sure, you guys be sure. at the same manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they pay out my agents, they pay out my attorney, they pay out my publicist, like they do all of that for me. They also manage my book. So when it comes tax time, there isn't this like mad, like mad dash, like find sure, every sure. single document in the right. um, face of the earth that has to do with my money. Like they have it all. They help me with any sort of, you know, financial onboarding, just like any paperwork, like they have set up my business in a way that I yeah. think is like very smart for what type of business I'm conducting. They do all of it. How did you find them and know that they were trustworthy? So funny. I asked, we had actually gone a personal route. We had asked my professional attorney who works on my business, hey, do you have an estate planning attorney that can help us set up, you know, a, a trust, a, you know, a living will? And that guy referred us to our business manager. So they all actually know each other. And what's great is my business manager has worked with my agents, my managers, yeah. my attorneys already in the past. So they like know each other yeah. and like they're friendly. So yeah. they don't even need me on certain email. I love that. I, I'm manifesting getting to a point where I need to use this business manager. <laughs> what are the best ways to grow your wealth as a couple? Yeah, I would say one, it, there's two sides of this lever, right? One is the cost cutting. It is so much cheaper to find a really nice one bedroom apartment because you can share a bed versus a eh, okay two bedroom apartment if you're living with a roommate, right? Those are immediate cost savings. You're going to save on th like big things with like economies of scale. Buying groceries, it's hard to shop for a, a single person because all of that food goes bad before you can even get to it. Like all of those packaging sizes are based on families. And so when you're shopping for yourself, it's just very expensive. 
And again, you have just cost savings of like utilities. Like you don't have to turn on lights twice because there's two people. Mm. On the other hand, I would say it is so critically important to find a partner who believes in you and encourages you and is conscientious because it has actually been statistically proven that you will make more annually if you have a conscientious partner. Mm. Someone who encourages you to take new opportunities, somebody who encourages you to ask for that raise, someone who encourages you to leave a shitty job. Yeah, the best investment you can ever make. It literally is. And it's also the most important. People mm-hmm. talk about budgeting and saving in every single facet of their life. I'm like, this is the person you choose to legally bind yourself with for the rest of your life, in theory. And again, divorce is one of the most costly things you can do and one of the worst financial decisions you can make. So do your best to avoid it. Right. And not not even just divorce, but them making bad decisions for Correct. you, like them being a bad asset for you because they become your advisor in a lot of ways, whether they want to or not, you know? Yeah. And also, like, you have to think about it like this, like, is this person financially stable? And frankly, I don't think you should be dating anyone who isn't. I got a lot of heat because I made a video about this and I was like, you should not date people who are not financially stable. And That's not to say people who are financially stable don't have debt. That's not to say financially stable people don't have low paying jobs. That's to say that like if you do not have a plan, if you do not want to be better with your money, you are not in a place to be dating. Because if you have student loans, you need to have a plan to pay them off. Mm -hmm. If you have credit card debt, you need to be able to, you know, have a plan to pay that off. If you have a low wage job, you have to have a plan to how do I increase that wage? How do I increase my salary? And if you don't, you're kind of just treading water. And I don't want to date someone who's treading water. I want to be with someone who's like swimming forward. Yeah, I feel the same way. How do you not keep up with the Joneses, especially Mm. when you live in a place like New York City? I would say it's hard. You know, back in the day, the Joneses were like your neighbors across the street. But now the Joneses are like literally keeping up with the Kardashians. And you like watch them on Instagram and you see these people flying on jets. And we were talking about this, how... Every single person in my entire life was somehow in Mykonos last weekend. Yeah. Like, I was just like, what the heck? Like, how can all of you afford this? And it's hard. But I think it's focused in grounding yourself in things that actually matter. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I love a designer bag every once in a while. Like, I'm just like, ah, that leather, it smells good. It's just like, it's something special. And my fiance loves a good watch. And watches are not cheap. No, neither are bags. Neither, neither, frankly, neither. Yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to make him out to be the villain. But we have a really big dream. And that's in the next three or four years. We'd love to buy our second home. We'd love to buy a place out east in the Hamptons. And again, Hamptons homes are not cheap. Mm-mm. And so it's like, do I buy these little things that could be two to $5,000 for a bag or ten dollars to $15,000 for a watch and essentially nickel and dime myself? throughout this process and delay this bigger prize, the unicorn, right. like mm-hmm. the gold at the end of the rainbow? Or do I want to forego these little things and chuck that money into, you know, a high yield savings account to prepare for the down payment, chuck it into investments over time so that I know my money can grow so that I can get to this bigger goal faster? Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I think the answer is obvious. Like you yeah. want to, you want to, hold back on the bags. And now actually there's so many opportunities. Like there's so many companies where you can like rent bags, you can rent this, you can, you know. Do you use Vivrel? I do actually. Oh my God, shout out. (laughs) I have a code, it's WMAC. (laughs) So like, you know, you have the opportunity to, if bags are important to you, use them in another way until Mm -hmm. then. Or some of my friends will like, when when we were in the height of our wedding attending season, Mm. and I'm sure you are in that height right now, we would like have a shared folder. Well, first of all, I I use Rent the Runway, but we also had a shared folder on our phones and we'd post pictures of of our dresses. Yes. And then we would, someone would comment if they wanted to wear one of the dresses to another wedding they were attending. Yeah. So we would all just borrow each other's dresses, which was amazing. 100%. I do that all the time. My favorite thing is shopping my friends' closets because I'm like, I actually get to try this on before I get it. I know it's going to fit. It's going to look good. And 
frankly, like I've seen a video of my friend wearing this dress. She looked great in it. Like it's going to look that way pretty much on me. Because yeah. you know, like if yeah. someone's like your same height, your same size. Right. Okay, my last question, and then we're going to get into some rapid fire. Oh, actually, sorry. There's two really good ones. <laughs> How to not be stuck up about his job slash comp when you're a woman in banking. Mm. Okay. So I think stuck up is a bad phrase for us to be using about this. I think as someone who was on a trading desk and dating other people in finance. The reason I was actually dating people in finance was because they were more compassionate to my schedule. They were more understanding if I needed to have our dinner date at 5.30 because I had to be in bed by 9.15 if I was going to wake up at 5 a.m. the next day again. Mm -hmm. They were more understanding if I had to bail last minute. And that made dating other finance people really easy. And when I did go out of my way to date people who I thought were interesting, who weren't in finance. It's not that the fact that they made less than me that bothered me. It was the fact that when I would want to do certain things and I had no expectation that they were going to pay for it, but I just wanted to pay for, I wanted them to be able to pay for their portion. They would be like, we, I can't do that. And that's okay. But I don't want to date someone who essentially can't keep up who can't do the things that I want to do from a financial perspective because it means that I'm going to have to forego some of those choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. How to let the guy know that you appreciate him paying more because, and this we kind of talked about on your show, because it helps you with the romantic connection, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that he doesn't think that you're using him for free dinners and outings. I think it is like that piece of, again, being kind, like to your point, like pay for the DoorDash, pay for the Uber, pay for breakfast and coffee and things like that. And show them that like you care, you are willing to contribute financially, but it's nice to be courted. It's nice to be wanted. It's nice to have someone, you know, put on a nice outfit and you guys go to dinner and he opens the door and pulls out your chair and does all those things. And like, yeah, that's going to make me want to sleep with you more. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that that's natural, that feeling of like being taken care of. Yeah. But you can do the same thing for them. Like when they're sick, make sure they get soup and an Advil. And when they are, you know, really stoked about like this big promotion at work, like bake them a cake or buy them a cake, frankly. Right, like I'm right. not a baker, but like show them that their milestones and their moments and their things that they care about are important to you too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to do rapid fire of the poll questions, but I am going to come up with my own questions and make them financial. Okay, rapid fire. Best platform to invest. Mm, I do have to say that they are a partner of mine, but I love SoFi. Okay. Best stock to invest in no matter what's going on. No investing in stocks. I prefer ETFs and mutual funds that offer a diversified portfolio from the jump. Because when you buy a stock, you're buying into one company. And what if that company goes under or something bad happens? Whereas if you buy an index fund that tracks the S&P 500, you are literally essentially buying little bits of all of those companies. And if something happens to one of them, you're fine. What's your favorite index fund? I would say probably like a VOO. Mm-hmm. It's just, Isn't that just the market? That's the S&P 500 yeah, tracking yeah, yeah. In, okay, uh, ETF. Great. I invest in yes. that. Yes. And it's it's basically cheaper than investing in SPY, mm-hmm. which is also an index tracking ETF. What's the sexiest credit card to have? Hmm. Sexiest? Probably the like Amex black card. But like, yeah. frankly, none of us can get that. But I would say like, I have the Amex Platinum. I have the Chase Sapphire Reserve. I'm thinking about getting the Capital One Venture X. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are good, I would say, for like yuppie lifestyles. If you're eating out a lot, traveling a lot. Yeah. The rewards are really, really nice. How much cash do you think you should have on hand at all times? You should have three to six months of living expenses in a rainy day fund just in case anything goes wrong. Like cash like in your apartment? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, no, I mean, like, like, like you're physical holding paper it. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical. I'm like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> you, you have that much cash. No, never. Uh, frankly, I probably have like $14 to my name at all times. Like I never have yeah. physical cash unless I'm going to my lash 
appointment uh-huh. unless my housekeeper's coming yeah. or unless I need to get a Gatorade from the bodega. Really? I'm a big $45 person. Oh, that's good. I always that's a have good $45 because I'm like, I need $5 for something always. Yeah. And then two twenties because you never so that's know. That's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. What's a salary, like a starting salary that is not acceptable that you would not accept? Hmm. And this is for like any job. Sure. And like you think people get taken advantage of when they get offered the salary and told that it's good. I would say probably the bar for me, especially living in a major metro, I would say probably $40,000 is yeah. like absolutely not. Do not go below this. Yeah. But there are certainly people who do, who work in the gig economy who make less than that. Mm-hmm. But from a salaried position where you need to be in an office yeah, nine yeah, to yeah. five, like I think that's, that's quite low. Yeah. Are you more productive work-wise in the morning or the night? Morning. Mm-hmm. Sex, morning or night? I'm morning. Oh. Does your partner agree? I hope. No, he's he's a night owl. See? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm that's like, so wake funny. Up. Wake up. Yeah. What's a finance question that you wish I had asked you? Ooh. That's a good one. Probably how much you should spend on a gift for a significant other. Mm. Oh, I spend way too much, but tell me. Wait, okay, I'm curious. What's the most expensive thing you've bought? I, I just bought I just bought him something that was like a thousand dollars. Okay. Can you tell us what it is or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can t- I can tell you what it is. So the reason I did this is because recently Steven, my husband, has been just so supportive. We've been like dealing with something yeah. and he's been the most supportive. The best. He does not spend a cent on himself. Truly. Like he wears the same clothes that he's been wearing since he was 14. He never <laughs> spends a dime on himself. He doesn't have a watch thing. He doesn't spend on himself period. I'm the only person that has ever like gotten him stuff other than his mother. And I was at Hermes and there was this Mm. gorgeous belt. And I was like, he needs this belt. It is brown on one side and black on Mm -hmm. the other. So it's it's not only versatile, but it is an investment forever. He will have this belt for the rest of his life. And so I, I got him the belt and I got him a tie. Oh, that's nice. And those are like Things you can actually use, like when he goes to like pitch or like exactly. Do and he like, wore the tie last night to a like work event, yeah. and it looked so amazing. Good. Good. But what do you what do you think of that? It's too much <sighs> to spend on a person. I don't. Okay. Okay. First off, you guys are married, right. so that's totally fine. I would say spending. You want to be thoughtful of where you're at in this relationship point. Can I tell a story? Do I? Have yeah. Time? Yeah. Tell a story. Um, the next guest is late. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> My fiance, and this was before I existed, but he was sort of seeing this girl. And I think for like Valentine's Day or whatever, he was like, oh, like, I don't know her that well, but like, I'll just get her like a nice Kate Spade bag. And she just like did not even think to get him anything. But she totally accepted the bag. And like, Wait, this was Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, well, it's. It's kind of like a fake holiday. Like I feel like it's a a holiday holiday. and I feel like it's a holiday for women to get gifts, but she should still have gotten him like a chocolate. Yes. Or like, but like she didn't even reciprocate like a, she wasn't like very thankful. She wasn't very nice about it. And so I was like, you know, I think when he like told me the story, I was like, that like makes my heart hurt a little bit for you because like, I think when you give gifts, that's like a love language and you need to understand what your significant others receiving love languages. And so I would say like, if you're just starting out, like anything under $40 is like cute, fair game. It's like nice. If you're dating, dating, like if it's a big, big milestone, if it's something to really celebrate a couple hundred bucks is like fine. But like for an average gift, like a Valentine's Day, I would keep it under. Oh, yeah. Like I would keep it under 80 bucks, frankly. Or even like Christmas, I think like, you know, $100 is totally acceptable. But, you know, once you are engaged, once you're married, like I think these gifts become more thoughtful and sometimes you buy them together, Mm -hmm. right? Like you buy someone a new laptop together Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. And it might be something you're like, I want to pay for this as a treat for you out of my personal, the mine account. Totally, totally. But like, again, just think about the utility they're going to get out of it Mm -hmm. and like whether or not 
you are actually committed enough to this person to buy them that thing. Right. I agree with you. And I, this would have been the kind of gift that I would have wanted to get with him, but I knew that he would veto say it no. yeah, yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. absolutely not. I'm fine with my old belt from, you know, J. Crew that I've had for 45 years. Like <laughs> I, so I knew I had to do it, but I actually do agree. I think it's so ridiculous when you see those commercials online and they're like, I got you a new Honda. And it's like, what? Like, what? like but this is a financial decision that we had to yes. have discussed. Like, yes. why is there a bow on this car I, that I didn't even know about? The the Christmas commercials yeah. for buying your yeah. partner a car are literally insane to me. I'm like, that is a huge financial decision for your family. How are you making that decision as a unilateral, just like one person executive decision? That's insane. Insane. There was actually an SNL skit about it and it was making fun of that. And then the wife was like, wait, what? Like, you just dropped $50,000? Like, and didn't this tell is me. my money too. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. Viv, this was so fun. You're so fun. the best guest. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Me too. But sadly, we're out of time. So tell everybody where they could find you, hear more from you, because I have a feeling they're dying to hear more already. <laughs> and all the things and read your book too. Yes. Okay. So you guys can find me as Your Rich BFF across social media. Lindsay is making a guest appearance on my podcast, Net Worth and Chill. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And most exciting thing that I just released, Rich AF, my book is coming out at the end of the year, December 26th, but it is available for pre-order now. You can buy it on Amazon, you can find it on Barnes and Nobles. If you go to richaf.me, you can find all the places where you can buy the book, the ebook, and the audiobook. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.